Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Hi everyone, this is Natalie Nathajan. Yes, it's Chatting with Nat. And today we have singer-songwriter Kay Fox. Kay Fox is a singer-songwriter artist who has been writing, recording, and performing for 10 years. Relocating in Nashville from New York on Christmas Day, Kay Fox has founded her home in Music City, where she has released her third studio album with influences that run the gamut from the Beatles to Billie Eilish. Kay Fox offers an eclectic mix of music that spans from pop to hip hop to R&B. Kay Fox aims to open the hearts and minds of fans using the power of music. So I'll give her a round of welcome with an applause. Yay. <laughs> Yay. I like people to feel well. You know, my little two hands are not enough. I wanted you to feel warm and welcomed and like there were like a million people just applauding you. Miss McComplice, thank you very much. I appreciate you. <laughs> All right. Um, how are you doing? I am doing well. A little a little warm here in Nashville today, but you know, staying staying in the air conditioning and trying to keep cool. <laughs> That's always a good thing. So how have you been during this whew, this pandemic thing that's been happening for the past year here? Yeah, um I've been doing well all things considered. Um honestly it's feels a bit strange to say sometimes, but I truly believe that twenty twenty was one of the best years of my life. Um, from a lot of different standpoints, um, okay. notwithstanding of music, uh, you know, we spent the year writing and recording mm-hmm. to the point where we came out of things and I had a fourth studio album, uh, pretty much locked and loaded, ready to go once things started opening up. So, um, definitely a lot of self-care, definitely a lot of meditation to work through a lot of layers of anxiety, especially the first few months when we were really, really in the unknown and it just felt like, oh, my gosh, I have no idea what's going to happen. I don't know what tomorrow looks like. I don't know if I'm going to be able to find toilet paper. Like, <laughs> yeah. Isn't that crazy? Hello. It's so crazy. <laughs> I mean, it was like, oh, my gosh, am I just going to have to go out and get some leaves? I think right. that was the weird part of the pandemic. The toilet paper. It was the toilet paper. Yeah, no, I agree. Where? <laughs> it was French Ray. Um, to, yeah. to piggyback off something that you said, it's like you said it's actually been a very good year for you. And it's okay to say that. You know, even though we had a horrible pandemic, there's a lot of pros that came out of this. A lot of cons, obviously. People died, people got sick, lungs collapsed, and, and all right. of that stuff. And um, the gun violence, uh, mass shootings were even more. I mean, I can't even begin to talk about that. But 
Um, but the pros were this. What I saw is that, you know, families, like people that didn't even have time to sit down for dinner anymore with their families, yeah. they got time to do that. My God, if you believe in, in climate change, the animals, the trees, they were like, what? I can breathe. I can run out into the street. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of stuff for self-reflection that happened. I mean, people got loans. <laughs> people got money. <laughs> um, yeah, there was right. a too. Um, and yeah, and so a lot of people got to accomplish what they needed to accomplish in a shorter period of time, or they didn't think they'd be able to do it. And then this big break came into their lives where they had to work from home or, you know, they lost their job or whatever. And they had the time to say, okay, this is now the time I can, you know, use my creative juices to do what I've been meant to do. Um, and like you, a lot of yeah. some release a, a bunch of albums and, and singles and stuff like that. So it's been an interesting time. Um, but during, and I ask this as, of everybody now you you got a lot done, but during that time, did you have time to self reflect? Because I learned a lot of the people that I've interviewed, they did have the time to self reflect about who they wanted to be as an artist. And for some of them, a lot of that changed after what they saw have happened with the pandemic and everything else in the world. Yeah, that's understandable. Um, well, I definitely have been on a path of self-reflection for, um, like, very, very dedicated the last five years. So the last year was really a deeper dive into that and right. really just looking at myself and my purpose and some of my intentions behind why I'm doing some of the things that I do. And um, it really just – and I'm also in a relationship with another musician – so oh wow! You have two musicians that are like, okay, now what? So, but it was phenomenal. It it really was, and there were a lot of shifts um, within myself, and also just collectively in our relationship, as mm -hmm. a result of having the time to be still, right? And really, really like recalibrate, basically. And have the, the time that you're always looking for, right? We're always looking for time. Well, <laughs> you couldn't get away from time at right? <laughs> certain points. Um, and so for me, I just felt very, very thankful. Um, I, I was at one point doing meditations once, just either one or two times a day. And right. then as um, my schedule changed, I got less and less committed to my daily practice. Well, the pandemic changed all of that. I'm back to over a year now back to my daily practice, which is right. such the core of, of my life. And it reminded me of the importance of it. And I'll be honest in those first few months, it, it like saved my life because mm. I was, I was having like actual physical layers from the anxiety of just not knowing what was going to happen and all the fear and the media. and the, Oh gosh. I felt like I was crawling out of my skin so for me, my my meditation practice really saved my life mentally, physically, and just helped me stay on track and remember who I am and why I do the things that I'm doing, and also just gave me the space creatively to just have more flow. Okay. See, yeah, I thought about everything, too. My God, I thought about everything. I did a bunch of webinars, conferences. You know, 
If it wasn't for the pandemic, I would definitely never have had time for so many webinars. I've never attended so many right. webinars because you know, we had, I had the time, but it allowed me to learn so much more about this crazy um, music business and everything that we need to do uh, to promote ourselves and just be out there. Um, it's just, it's just crazy. It's a lot of work. Um, it's what, a lot. Yeah, it is. It'll drive you crazy, especially social media. Get on my nerves. Um, uh, what was the point where where you were like, oh my gosh, I've got to do music. Music is me. Was there like a specific performance you watched? Is it just something that was in you? Um, it's always been in me. Um, okay. Since a little girl, like I used to turn everything into a commercial and a song, and I was like that annoying little girl that like wouldn't stop singing. Um, but really what happened was I tried to do the quote unquote right thing for a number of years, trying to make my parents happy, trying to make my parents proud. Um, I ended up with two master's degrees and going down a very interesting path that was very rewarding, but at the same time, not all that rewarding kind of, it was weird, but in any event, I got relocated back to New York from Florida back in 2009, and I was a regional admissions representative for um, a media and music school university in Florida, and I moved, they relocated me back to New York, um, where I had moved there from, to do college admissions. Okay. And six months after they relocated me, they dissolved my position, and I was let go. And I was working like between six. Oh no, I'm no joke. They just knew that there was not a market for that particular um, school because there were a lot of first generation college students, people who had never left New York. They just realized that people were not really willing to up and leave and spend a hundred thousand dollars on their artistic education, creative education. And Mm -hmm. so they dissolved the position because I was primarily in New York city, the Bronx and Queens. Um, and so, I mean, it was kind of like the worst breakup I ever had. Like I literally gave everything to it, but, and then I was there less kind of over-educated, kind of underqualified and struggling to find work. And that was kind of my breaking point. I couldn't get a job doing what I didn't really want to do in the first place. So I took a leap of faith. I went and get some headshots. I started getting into entertainment. And my Mm. first dip in the pool was in film and television, um, working um, on like Blue Bloods and Nurse Jackie. I worked on how to make it in America. I ended up in a Kanye West music video. And it was cool. But really, my goal was to use it as a networking tool to figure out how I could do music. So um, while working on the set of Blue Bloods, I met a, a kid that was on set there who had a band and we became Facebook friends and I saw mm. he had a Kickstarter for his bands and I was like, Hmm, well, I could do that. Like, cause at that point I finally had the time, but right. I really didn't have the money because I had lost my job. Right. So I did a Kickstarter and I raised $5,155 in 32 days for my right. first ever music project. And that was kind of my confirmation that I was taking a step in the right direction and I have never looked back since. Wow. That's a great yeah. story. <laughs> yes, sir. Right up. Um, that's a great story. Um, so then from New York city, you went to Nashville. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I was on the live music scene in New York for, I guess, about seven years-ish. And I performed mm-hmm. everywhere, all over New York City, and I loved it. And I had put out an album back in, I put out my first project 2011, my full-length album 2015. And I really was just recording music so that I had music to perform. Like, I didn't love the studio then. Um, right. And I had been performing at South by Southwest for a few years and had a full band of local Austin musicians that played with me at South by and had fully planned on moving to Austin, Texas. I had just started kind of falling out of love with New York and was kind of done with the the grind, Mm -hmm. Um, all that doing and doing and doing and promoting and performing and thankless. So I kind of hit a wall and I knew I wanted to leave. And right before I had planned to move to Austin, the woman that helped raise me said, I know you love Austin. Why don't you just take a, a short trip to Nashville and check it out and see right. how you feel. It's been a week of visiting. Uh, my entire life shifted trajectory, and it ended up being that I moved here instead. And I was trying to wait through, like, the holidays to get over because I was like, nothing's going to happen right. during the holidays. And finally, I was just like, you know what? I, I'm tired of waiting. I'm just going to go. So I left on Christmas Day, and that's uh, that was my best Christmas present I ever gave to myself. Best move ever. Awesome. Awesome. Wow. Um, how would you describe <laughs> the music? Uh, it's, yeah, eclectic <laughs> is definitely the word that keeps coming up because um, it does run a pretty large span of different things. Okay. I've done reggae music. I recorded at Bob Marley's Tough Gong Studios out in Kingston, Jamaica. We did a reggae remix. Um, I'd still love to do a full reggae project, but definitely a lot of hip-hop influence, definitely a lot of R&B. Um, but this last album, the third album that I just dropped is called Love 360 Degrees. It's very pop-driven, very intentionally pop-driven. Um, but there's still a lot of a lot of those old influences I hear, like, in my writing and stuff. Like, I grew up just wanting to be Karen Carpenter. Right. Um, she's definitely still in there. Uh, grew up being a little flower child, Beatles mm-hmm. freak, way, at, like, behind my time or after. I don't know how you say that, but I was, I was like, born at the wrong time. I, I definitely wanted to be there for, like, Beatles concerts and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so... Um, it's it's a little bit of everything and definitely I think what what unifies it all together is obviously my voice but then also just the messages of my music I find that most of my music is based in self-awareness so I feel like no matter how I deliver the song the message is there Um, Mm -hmm. and over the years I've really learned to become a vocal character actor for each song and become whoever I need to be to serve the song. I love it. 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 Love it. Because, you know, I'm all about <laughs> and not being afraid to speak your truth and being authentic and real um, is so important. Because what I find is that, you know, during the pandemic, my God, you could have learned so many things during the pandemic. But one of the things I yeah. saw was people were craving authenticity and realness, um, especially in the music yeah. industry. We love, you know, our mainstream artists and stuff like that. But I think a lot of people want something real. I mean, I I actually listen to lyrics now more than I listen to the actual beat of the music because I want to see how deep yeah. that is. 
and how you know relatable that artist is. And I always tell people when you're when uh, Adele beat uh, Beyonce at the Grammys, people were upset. I'm like, there's a reason for that. For me, and I know Beyonce fans will come after me. Um, Adele <laughs> to you while Beyonce sings at you. Like I don't feel anything that Beyonce sings. Mm. It's great. That is a word right there. <laughs> <laughs> She's a great person. She can put on a show and she can sing. But I don't feel anything that she sings. It's not believable to me. But I feel like I could relate to Adele. Like I could sit down with Adele. We could shoot the breeze and we could talk about, oh, boyfriends and what they've done to us. Because she's just so pure (laughs) when she sings. Like I went to the grand that one year. She messed up. She's like, oh, sorry. She's just real. She didn't have a Yes, I was there too. It was yeah. so crazy. She's like, oh, she, she swore. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, I love her even more right now. <laughs> she didn't have a fit. She was just like, this is me. You know, oh, I, I really want to put on a good show. Let's start over. Somebody else would have been. Right. You know what I mean? You just, you love yeah. her, feel her, and you felt her yeah. pain when she first came out with her her first song and stuff, well, not her first song, but the the song that just blew her over the top. And, you know, when she said, hello, yeah. oh my God, she's like, oh, she understands me, she gets me. And I love that type yeah. of art. That's just not afraid, you know, to be themselves. You know, I, and yeah. I always if they had allowed Whitney Houston to be herself, she would be here today. <sighs> and yeah, she wow. In this in this music world, um, but yeah, I, I I so love the authentic um, artist. So that leads me to the next question: How has um, losing your your own mother impacted you as a musician? Man, um, so I, I've tried to be as open as possible about it, um, mm-hmm. just because I I realize like I'm not alone. And when I lost my mother, someone said to me at one point that it's like joining a club that you never signed up for. Mm -hmm. You like become part of this club. And it's like, man, truer words have never been spoken. Um, And as I mentioned before, like I lived a large part of my life, both as a child and an adult, trying to please my mother. Um, And seeing that people pleaser in me was very eye opening. Um, and then losing her was like, well, I wrote a song called North Star and it kind of just flew out of me a couple months after she passed away. And it was based on the fact that we had started to get closer. Um, my mother was mentally ill. She had her first manic episode when I was six months old. She was manic depressive my entire life. Um, and so our relationship was very, very tumultuous. And very much based in, like I said, just me being a people pleaser and thinking that if I could be perfect, that somehow she could love me more. Mm. But she just wasn't, she loved me, but I just couldn't feel it. I couldn't take it in. And my my therapist at one point said, you have to stop going to the hardware store for milk, right? And Mm. that that was kind of the, the epitome of my relationship with my mother, trying to get something out of her that she just did not have. And not really seeing things for what they were until, honestly, after she died. I would find these letters and cards from her. Um, So for me, it helped me step up a lot as just a human being in general, 
but it also very much shifted the trajectory for me as a musician and an artist and to really tap into that vulnerability and mm-hmm. that honesty as a songwriter that um like for for months I couldn't find the words to describe how I felt about losing my mother it was it was so strange we had finally started getting close and then she was just gone she mm-hmm. went very very quickly um, hospice said maybe she had maybe one to two weeks. She was gone in four days. Wow. So it was very fast. And I just happened to be, I had performed at New York City Marathon. Um, I had moved to Nashville, which is another thing. I had left. And then she got terribly sick the month after I left. But I just happened to be traveling. And my layover was, in, uh, was at Logan Airport in Boston. And my family's in Rhode Island. So my father called me and said, your sister said something about hospice. I mean, I just fell apart at the airport. I got my bags off of my connecting flight because I was supposed to be going back to Nashville. And I spent those final days with my mother. And I sang to her. I played guitar. I had never really played guitar for her before. So I got to play guitar for her. Um, And I got to read to her and pray to her and pray with her. In the last few days, she did not speak. Um, So for me... It helped me. It was a a big healing, very, very cathartic. I also was honored to read her eulogy at the funeral. So I was, I mean, it was the biggest and most important writing gig I've ever had, you know. And so that really just opened me up in a way that, I don't think I had ever been before. They say that a broken heart is an open heart, right? And for me, that was very, very true, that my heart was so broken that it had never been as open as it was at that point. And I was so thankful to be able to find the words. I'm so thankful for the gift of music because I feel like creating music in her passing was so much part of my healing process too, Like I was able to find the words that I needed to say to start moving forward because it's very easy to get stuck when you lose someone. You get stuck in the past. You get stuck in the memories. You get stuck in the would have, could have, should have. You know, you start shooting all over yourself. I should have done this. I should have done that. And for me, what it did was just really open my eyes to what an incredible opportunity it was to be her daughter all the lessons that she even now continues to teach me from beyond Mm -hmm. and be able to really step into my purpose to continue my legacy as a continuation of hers. Yeah. That's beautiful. That is beautiful to be able to um, take that um, and to have a positive outlook on it. Um, yeah, turning that power, that pain into power is that, you know, mm-hmm. being able to transmute it and use it for the good instead of letting it take you out, you know? Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Now, we're going to play your song, Fresh to Death. Tell me what that's about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, my this is my first single of 2021. Um, this is the first time I'm really, truly having fun on records, which is, for me, part of being vulnerable. Like, I took myself so seriously for so long. Um, so this is all about, like, loving yourself and, like, looking in the mirror and telling yourself, like, what a badass you are and taking on the day like a queen, 
that is really what this record um, embodies. And that feeling from the music to the lyrics, all about just owning your day. I love it. All right. We're going to have a word from our sister (laughs) and then we'll play it. Hold on. Hold on. Hi, this is Nikki Chris, and I host a podcast called Mixin' It. Mixin' It focuses on women in the music, entertainment, and the performing arts. Our goal is to provide an avenue for industry veterans and up-and-coming artists, musicians, engineers, and producers to showcase their talent. Listen to Mixin' It on Monday Music Madness at 8 p.m. Eastern on the Sim Radio Network. I woke up in the morning feeling fresh to death, ooh, yeah. The sun is shining bright, new day on deck, ooh, yeah. I got my clothes laid out, taking my time. Gonna make sure this city's mine. Step into my shoes one at a time. Gonna take the world by storm, I'm in my prime. I woke up in the morning feeling fresh to death, ooh, yeah. The sun is shining bright, new day on deck, ooh, yeah. I woke up in the morning, woke up in the morning. I woke up in the morning, woke up in the morning I woke up in the morning, feeling fresh to death Ooh, yeah It's like a runway when I walk out of my door I'm feeling fresh to death and I've got more in store It's like a runway when I step out in these streets There's nobody in the world I like me I got my nails and hair done and dear I'm feeling fresh and oh so fly My only limit is the sky I woke up in the morning feeling fresh to death, ooh yeah The sun is shining right, new day on deck, ooh yeah I got my clothes that I'll take in my time Gonna make sure this city's mine Step into my shoes one at a time Gonna take the world by storm, I'm in my prime in the morning. 
morning feeling fresh to death. I got a Colgate smile, peppermint breath. My body's looking right and my mind is too. Plus my gear is tight, nothing I can't do. I'm out here in the world and I'm killing it. The world smiles at me cause it's feeling it. The sun ain't got nothing on the shine for me. I'm out here showing out for the world to see. I'm proud to be the best that I can be. And ladies, I just know that you're feeling me. It's time to step together into these streets. Come along with me, come walk with me. Come walk with me. It's like a runway when I walk out of my door. I'm feeling fresh to death and I've got more in store. It's like a runway when I step out in these streets. There's nobody in the world fly like me. I got my nails and hair done and dear. Can't tell me nothing, cause I got these. I woke up in the morning feeling fresh to death. is in that music video. She is so cute. She killed it. <laughs> I love that. I need to put my, I have two kids. But they wouldn't, no, they wouldn't say it. They would be like, um, I'm out peace deuce. I don't do this kind of thing. <laughs> they would say. I, so you rap also, because that, that had a rap to it, right? I was rapping. Yeah. Yeah, definitely integrating more hip hop in the new music. I kind of shied away. I didn't kind of, I did shy away from it for a long time. I always knew that it was part of what I loved and what I could do, but I was afraid of what people would think. Or I dated someone at one point who was a hip hop artist and he told me that because I write and I didn't freestyle that I wasn't really a rapper. And so I took that on as truth and hid myself away for a number of years until I finally was like, Okay, it's enough. I like whatever who I, like I said before, whoever I need to be to serve the song is who I'm going to be. So if right. that means I'm going to be rapping for this part, guess what? I'm rapping. It's cool. I'm all right with it. And it's crazy. We just had a meeting with someone for sync and licensing. Played a bunch of records, and the preference was towards all of my hip hop tracks. And I was well, like, of course. <laughs> well, you know what's interesting, and because uh, I'm part of the guild of music supervisors as a sponsor and stuff like that, and they talk about the rise of hip hop and music. If you listen to or watch a lot of shows, there's always some kind of hip hop song in it. Hip hop music is like. Yep. The prevalent type of music that are in TV commercials and, and shows, TV shows. Now, you see what they did with Bridgerton. Uh, Bridgerton. Yeah. But anyway, uh, <laughs> they, took, they took a lot of hip-hop stuff or, or pop stuff 
and they made it classical, but they still had the hip hop in there. Let me tell you. It's so cool. I love how they did all that. Yeah. I love it. I love that. I love At first I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to watch this. And then I watched it and then I watched it. I know, it. I know. I had resistance at first too. And I was like, oh gosh, I'm not going to do it. And then my boyfriend started gigging again and I was home by myself. And I was like, I'll just watch it when he's not home. <laughs> right? And then you're just like, and then I watched the entire thing in one, in one sitting. Right. I'm like, okay, this That's is it. But Yeah. <laughs> And, you're just like, oh, and you know the guy, that one guy that that ended up marrying the girl. He's not going to be back for second. The second. He's season. not going to be back. Why did they do no. that? He's like the main reason I watch the show. Yeah, he's the one come on, man. Yeah, and he's the one that said he didn't want to come back. He said, you know, he did his part, and that's it. So it's, it'll be interesting to see how they play all of that out. I know. He really made me mad, though. Like, he was very, he was such a frustrating character. I was like, come on, man, get it together. Go to therapy or something. You need to work this out. Like, <laughs> you need to talk to somebody. But take, but take your shirt off. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Sandra Rhimes, I would actually like to be in her hands. Because I, I, I would yeah. like to see if she comes up with all of these ideas. It's, it's sickening. Um, what That's amazing. I love it. Right. What is what is your writing process like? You know, how do you write a song? How do you put everything together? So it varies. Um, what, most of the time I was in New York, I was basically a top liner. So I worked with a number of producers mm-hmm. and they would send me music and I would write to it, um, which was it's still true. I still do some top lining. I still work with one pro- or two producers here. Um, that I do top lining with, but also what changed when I moved to Nashville was I got back on guitar and I got very committed. Um, and so I, I still don't really play guitar to perform, but I play guitar and piano to write. And that was a game changer for me because like the song I wrote for my mom, I, Literally had just been watching tutorials on like my MIDI keyboard while I was working from GarageBand. I didn't really know how to play piano at that point, but when I wrote the song for my mother, I sat down at the keyboard and I, I like found the song. And that was crazy to me. Like it was like, wow, I didn't know I could do that. Right. And then the more I did co writing, which is a huge thing in Nashville, I would sometimes do with musicians or writers who, um, could not they either just wrote and sang or I sat with one girl who did not sing and did not play anything so like all of the music was on me and I once again I was like oh my gosh like we composed an entire song and it was me and so I kind of surprised myself I grew up as a drummer so I kind of kicked myself for not (laughs) learning piano even though I had a piano in our house my whole life Um, (laughs) but I told you I want to be Karen Carpenter so the drums it was Um, (laughs) but yeah, so, um, my songwriting process is, I consider writing a muscle. Um, Mm -hmm. so it's really just about flexing that muscle every single day. So I write every single day. It doesn't mean I'm writing songs every day, but I write every single day. And I feel like the more you write, the more you write and the easier it is to write. And you're, you're like less in your way when you sit down to write. Um, I oftentimes with my co-writes, I just record everything. I like start a voice memo. I'm like, if it's cool with you, I'm just going to record everything. We're just going to talk about our day. 
see where things are at and see what's like on the surface for us. And that will, the song will show itself. So oftentimes that's my co-write formula is just talking just like you and I are doing. It'd be like, all right, what do we get out of this? And then boom, there will be like a one liner or something that stands out or like, you know, a girl, I had a session with one girl and she, she got ghosted. So we ended up writing a whole song about like this dude who totally ghosted her, but it was perfect. You know, I think that life, that that's what music is. That's what songs are. It's just life. That's why you connect with Adele. She's thinking about life. She's thinking about real experiences that you can relate to that are like, man, yeah, I hate that dude too. Like, gosh. (laughs) So, yeah. So, um, I don't have, I don't have a one size fits all or a one way formula for songwriting. I, my main key to songwriting is getting out of the way. Just okay. getting out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to play your song, Just Love. What is that about? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so <laughs> it's, it's another fun record, which is like, I don't know. It's just so fun for me because, like I said, I took myself so seriously for so long. It's right. amazing to be able to have fun with music. Music's always been fun, but serious for me. And so this one I kind of liken to, like, when I lived in New York City, I would, like, sit on the subway and look across from me at a guy and, like, create a whole relationship in my head, like, you know, and picture us married and having kids. Right. And then, like, he'd get off at, like, 138th Street, and that was the end of that. That was the end of our relationship. But I would, like, literally have a whole relationship in my mind in like a matter of five minutes. Um, Don't know if I'm alone on that, but that's kind of the basis of this song. It's like falling in love and like not even really knowing the guy's name or anything. It's just like a whole relationship in my mind. (laughs) Yeah, you're not alone on that. You're not alone. (laughs) Thank you. Trying to fix it out Ever felt this way before Don't know what it's about I've been acting funny And my friends will see it too Every single time That I get around you Well, I'm caught up Can't think straight Already picked out clothes For our first date Ain't even said hi But I know why My knees are shaking Every time you're nearby Get that feeling that you get When your palms are full of sweat From a face you can't forget Get that feeling that you feel When you know it's really real You can no longer Already picked out clothes for a first date. Ain't even said. 
one radio show. I did a press run in New York and then literally the entire world shut down for the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am an anomaly is my fourth studio album and okay. that is dropping this summer uh, date still TBA, but this summer for sure. Can't wait because if it sounds like these two songs, oh my God, this is going to be fun and interesting. Yes, I'm excited. Oh my gosh, super, super mixed bag of so many things. All the feels. (laughs) Those kinds of songs can be placed in so many different sync and licensing deals and all over the place. It's great just to be versatile and it's great to create an album that you want to create where nobody tells you what to do. You just, you yeah, just, choose. the freedom of an indie artist. Ooh, the Man, freedom. That freedom is next level. Mm-hmm. It is awesome. It is awesome. Oh, Catherine, yes. they, call, they call you K Fox. K Fox is the Fox. Um, it was an honor chatting yeah, I... with Nat. Thank you. It was my honor and privilege to chat with you. I'm really, really so appreciative. And so excited I got to connect with you. Oh, I'm glad I got to chat with you. I learned a lot about you. Um, and you are a phenomenal person, phenomenal woman. Um, I think you have a lot of talent. I love your voice. I love your music. Um, I just love everything about you. You're just awesome. What I, What else can I say? Did we just become best friends? Yeah, we just. Oh my gosh, it is awesome, awesome, awesome. I would definitely love to have you on an IG live um, uh, so that we can chit chat on live so everybody can see us chatting and hopefully you can can perform a song or two or whatever you want to do. Scream, shout, whatever. And be yourself, be perfectly real and authentic. That would be awesome. Um, But I really been honored to have you on chatting with Nat and I hope you have an amazing week but if anybody wants to find you they can go to www.kfox.com now kfox is k-f-h-o-x you know you have to be extra and unique with the kfox which I loved it when I was like that was that was really smart um That was very, very smart. I wish I could do that. Maybe I could think of something with my name. But uh, I love that. (laughs) Thank you. I love that. Um, And I hope you have an awesome week. Thank you again for being on Chatting with Nat. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, and I look forward to staying connected and talking again soon. Definitely. All right. That was singer-songwriter Kate Fox on Chatting with Nat. Until next time. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Love your voice.